Hello and welcome to Kendrew's Real Dirt, the garden show. Black bears are the largest land mammals in New Jersey. Today we're going to get the bear facts from Patrick C. Carr, supervising wildlife biologist, New Jersey Division of Fish and Wildlife. New Jersey is the most densely populated state in the country. But still, we have wildlife here, and we have a lot of wild areas. We have incredible amounts of protected land, the Pine Barrens, the forests in the northwest corner of New Jersey, uh, which is where I garden in Sussex County. And I've seen plenty of black bear, and Patrick C. Carr is going to join me today and talk about the black bear and the health of the population, which is quite good. Bears are thriving, and they've been seen in every county in the state. Uh, they used to be just in the upper northwest. I'm speaking with Patrick C. Carr, Supervising Wildlife Biologist, New Jersey Division of Fish and Wildlife. And today we're talking about the bear facts. And uh, Patrick, first of all, welcome. Thank you very much, Ken. It's great to speak with you. And I'm so interested in, I'm mostly interested in bears for because they're wonderful animals. <laughs> and some people are interested in bears for other reasons, and we'll talk about that too. But uh, first of all, what do you know what the current bear population in the state is? Well, our most uh, recent bear population estimates uh, estimate only in the areas where we actually do our research. We have bears statewide in every county from uh, uh, Sussex County, High Point, all the way down to Cape May Point. Uh, we have bear locations and sightings in every county. We only estimate in our primary uh, bear range, which is that area north of Interstate 78 and west of Interstate 287 in that northwestern corner of the state is where we estimate. In our most recent population estimates, there are about 3,400 bears in that area. And what's that like compared to what things might have been 200 years ago. Do you have any idea like that? I mean, is that a healthy population? Well, is that it's a, big a very pop healthy population. Yes, it's a very he healthy population now. Um, we've recovered the black bear in, in New Jersey from uh, a low back in the 1970s of around 100 animals. And uh, the New Jersey Fish and Game Council, who was the uh, rulemaking body for wildlife in New Jersey for game and non-game species, um, um, at that time uh, wanted to... Uh, uh, closed the black bear hunting season because numbers were low, so uh, and they closed the season but kept them a game animal in New Jersey and allowed the population to recover. And we've had some changes in our habitat over time. Uh, uh, farms have reverted, forests have grown up, uh, and uh, we've got a lot of good habitat in New Jersey, so our population has increased over time, uh, certainly within the last uh, 40 years. And we... Uh, Looking back at what it was uh, back in, like, say, 200 years ago or such, when, we, when uh, New Jersey was logged over for the iron ore industry and the mining industry and, uh, of course, farming and development, uh, uh, we had very low numbers back then. And now the habitat is recovered. New Jersey's done a tremendous job of protecting habitat and uh, providing open space and uh, protecting wetlands and those corridors along rivers and uh, streams and the wetland corridors. So uh, we provided a, a, a lot of good habitat here in New Jersey for bears to survive, and they've recovered tremendously. Well, it, people don't think about about that uh, when you think to people imagine 200 years ago things were all forests and things like that, and bears like deer are, well, they're relatively oppor opportunistic. Uh, they do fairly well with development, uh, so in some ways better, uh, certainly better than when the land was all cleared. And you talked about the 
upper left-hand corner quarter of the state of New Jersey, but bear sightings have moved pretty far east, haven't they? Yes, we have. We've got bears all the way to the uh, Hudson River. We've had uh, uh, bears a uh, couple blocks from the George Washington Bridge. Um, they're in that, uh, that. What they're doing is uh, dispersing bears, primarily uh, juvenile males, are uh, using the river corridors and the stream corridors, which we've done a good job of protecting in New Jersey, those areas of uh, buffering um, watercourses. And they're using those as dispersal uh, mechanisms and following those courses to get into areas that uh, they'll bump into areas of extreme development. So uh, they can live in and among us very well, but they certainly do need that forested habitat in the, uh, in the wetlands because we know they spend a lot of time in those wetlands feeding and uh, using that as cover. Mm-hmm. But we have bears, like I said, uh, they come down to Palisades Parkway down along the uh, Hudson River. Um, and that corridor along the Hudson River there gets down into, uh, you know, very much developed area, which is uh, not good bear habitat. No. Uh, how many sightings do you usually hear about a year? Do you get calls from just homeowners and regular people? Yes, uh, we track uh, bear activity. And so uh, uh, to give you an instance, I just ran a report uh, last year. We had uh, just over 1,100 uh, sightings called into our agency. Um and uh, like I said, we've had sightings in every county of the state. Um, and those, those are people who see a bear, and uh, uh, it's not really a problem for them. We list them as sightings because they want to report it to us that they actually saw bears. Uh, we have an increase in sightings uh, over time, and um, a lot of times uh, people in Sussex County don't call us about sightings anymore because uh, bears are a regular uh, part of their life, daily life. But uh, people in Cape May uh, certainly do make those calls because it's unusual to see bears, and our our numbers down there are very, very low. So when somebody sees a bear down there, they certainly do call us. <laughs> yeah, they freak out. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're not used to living with bears and all of a sudden you see one one day walking through your backyard, uh, you certainly want to call somebody. It's it's an amazing thing to see. I've seen many of them, and I remember one of the first sightings. When you see them, it's it's almost like a dream. They're so so much bigger than you imagine and so black it's the blackest thing there's nothing even to they're almost holes in the earth they're so black and so beautiful we're going to talk a little bit later if we have time about how people can deal with bears but i'm also interested in the the average year the life of a bear i i guess the females have recently given birth in their dens yes uh based on our research that we've done and uh, and that's going to dens uh are the Pregnant females started going into dens, uh, even some as early as around Halloween, but certainly by Thanksgiving, uh, a lot of the uh, pregnant females were going into dens. And the vast majority of uh, females in New Jersey uh, give birth to newborn cubs in the month of January. We have some a little tiny spill into Christmas week and a little tiny spill into February, but the vast majority of them are born in January, which is the coldest month of the year. When they're born, their um, eyes are closed, their ears are closed. They've got a very fine coating of hair on them. Uh, These uh, cubs weigh about 12 ounces or so. They're completely dependent on the mother. Um, uh, They don't react to light and they don't react to um, sound. What they react to is heat. If, if you get them cold, if the mother shifts position and they get a little blast of cold air, uh, they start uh, they'll be crying, they'll cry out. Uh, um, they, they gravitate toward the, the warmth. And uh, if you're a little 
bear in the coldest month of the year and you're dependent on your mother and uh, you're going after food. Uh, you know, I worked uh, for a time for the Pennsylvania Game Commission and we, we had put on uh, infrared uh, heat scanners on female bears mm-hmm. and uh, looked at them and their nipples, um, milk producing, they have six nipples, um, um, glowed red, red hot. And wow. uh, if you're a little cub uh, looking for nourishment and trying to stay warm, that's where you're going to be, right there. Well, wh- where are these dens? What kind of places are, are they finding? I, mean, I know there's a lot, actually a lot of caves in well, the northwest uh, corner. Actually, the average bear den is uh, is less than 18 cubic feet. That's a space of about uh, 2 by 3 by 3. Hmm. So it's it's not the large cave like you imagine that Yogi Bear and Boo Boo lived in. <laughs> it's more of a small cavity. And... Um, the rock cavities and ledges, and uh, uh, we've had them in some tidy, tight spots. And as long as they can get their head in there, they can get in there. Sometimes it's difficult for us as researchers to get into some of these dens because we've got a broader shoulder than the bear, and the bear mm-hmm. has the more uh, a streamlined shoulder configuration. So if they can get their head into a den, then well, they can get into there, and then they curl up in there. But that being said, uh, we've also had them in excavations where they dig a hole in the ground. Uh, brush piles uh, and uh, hollow trees, the base of hollow trees. Um, and um, I earned my master's degree at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, working on bears in the Base Mountain National Park. And 80% of the bears in the in the park denned in large hollow trees well up off the ground. Mm. And it was lightning or wind that knock a branch off and uh, heart rot sets in and, and forms a cavity way up there. But in New Jersey here, we're only about uh, maybe one or two in a hundred that then in these large trees up off the ground. Uh, and so, how big are these females about? Um, our average female is about 300 pounds right now. And, uh, and of course, they're bigger in the, uh, uh, right before they give birth to the cubs because they fatten up for the winter. But in the summer, they'll be losing weight uh, because of the, the drain from those cubs and uh, the food supply is not that great early in the spring, summer. So uh, they average about 300 pounds or so. But getting back to the dens, uh, we've had some dens just in large nests on top of the ground. So, mm. uh, and, um, you know, they've got a tremendous fat layer and they've got that nice pelt. So uh, that provides them warmth. But, um, you know, we've had them in all kinds of structures. We've had them in uh, abandoned uh, foundations and from barns. Uh, we've had them under houses. <laughs> we've had them under active houses in the basement. So, uh, uh, like a crawl space under the basement. So there's tremendous places, opportunity for them to den anywhere. Uh, they and some big surprises, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, the homeowner, uh, uh, we had one where his uh, cable TV was, uh, uh, the cable from the cable TV was moving. He thought that was unusual. He took a flashlight, he shined it under the house, and uh, there was a bear den underneath his house chewing on the cable for the cable TV. Oh, boy. So, and how many cubs do they usually have? In New Jersey, the average litter size is three. Uh, litters of, of two are just as common as litters of four. We've had had a number of litters of five. Mm. And uh, uh, we we had uh, one of our biologists uh, a couple uh, springs ago saw... Uh, we actually didn't get our hands on them, but he saw a female with six cubs of the year. Wow. So uh, they, uh, it's based on our tremendous habitat and our food supply here. Um, again, getting back to the example, the average litter size in uh, in Tennessee where I worked was two. Mm. And uh, certainly out west in the poorer habitat areas of the arid west, the ha- uh, litter size is between one and two. But our average litter size is three. 
I'm speaking with Patrick C. Carr, Supervising Wildlife Biologist with the New Jersey Division of Fish and Wildlife. And we'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Drew's Real Dirt. Thank you for joining me. I'm speaking with Patrick C. Carr, Supervising Wildlife Biologist, New Jersey Division of Fish and Wildlife. And a lot of people don't realize that the fish and wildlife agencies around the country, these are our most important environmental agencies, certainly for, for protecting wild areas and for wildlife, because it's in your best interest to have the wildlife protected. And that connection, you know, most people just think that fish and wildlife are, are people with guns. <laughs> and I don't even get into that right now. But we were we were going to talk about the average year in a bear and the females weigh about 300 pounds and have anywhere from, well, an average you said was three cubs, but it could be two and it might be six. But uh, tell me about the size of the males and then walk me through a year in the life of, of a bear. Well, our adult males are averaging well over 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, again, in the fall, they, they weigh a lot more because uh, they're eating a lot more in the fall in a period called uh, hyperphasia, where they're trying to gain weight and put on fat uh, to make it through the winter once. Um, but uh, you're in the life of a bear. Um, right now, they're primarily mostly in dens. Um, even, well, our, the females that had cubs of the year will stay in dens. Mm-hmm. Um, We've gotten some very mild winter this winter, and uh, we're getting some bears that are out doing a little bit of walking around now. Uh, If they have an available food supply, they'll stay out of these dens or maybe just go into a nest, a day nest, and then uh, tap into the available food supply. What we're seeing is uh, people, we don't recommend feeding birds unless the bears are in dens. Of course, we then say, you know, come December, most of the bears will be in dens so you can feed birds for the winter. But now, with this real mild winter, the bears are tapping into those uh, bird feeders. So, But in general, most of the bears are laid up. That's uh, the biology of the species is their metabolism slows uh, down, and um, they they go into a denning situation and don't eat or drink uh, while they're in the den. And uh, they'll stay in the den now until uh, we start to get them come out. The adult males and the juvenile males will start coming out in, uh, in about March. Those females with uh, cubs of the year won't come out until about April. Um, and, of course, at that time of the year, there's not much for them to eat out there. Um, there is some uh, green up going on in the swamp, so they'll be eating sedges and grasses. And, and skunk cabbage will be starting to grow, and they eat a lot of skunk cabbage in this early spring um, time period. They uh, lose weight all the way from the time they went into dens and up until the time the berries start to ripen in June. And that would be the primarily blueberries and huckleberries. Mm-hmm. But uh, earlier on, like uh, the the wine berries and raspberries come in, and uh, strawberries, of course. So they'll be uh, tapping into them. Uh, bears are really an opportunistic feeder, and they're dependent on a seasonally abundant food supply. So uh, whatever happens to be available at the time is what they're eating. So uh, uh, you know they start off uh, in in this. Um, April May period, uh, skunk cabbage, grasses, and sedges, and uh, um, in some areas of the country they'll be out in uh, green fields grazing, just like uh, you look at them. You see them uh, primarily in North Carolina. You see them; they look like Angus uh, cattle out there <laughs> grazing on the grass. But uh, they'll also pick up any leftover acorns and beech nuts from the fall that are that are still laying on the ground and uh, you know available for them to eat. 
but uh, they'll lose weight up until the time when the berries come in. And, you know, June, July, the blackberry or the blackberries come in, the blueberries primarily, huckleberries. Um, and uh, then we get into the early fall, the black cherries uh, are abundant here in this area. We're lucky here in New Jersey because we're a, a, a melding of the northern hardwood forest, which is beech, birch, maple, black cherry, and the southern oak hickory forest. So in New Jersey and in this mid-Appalachian region is where these two forest types come together. And so you got all the associated hard mast and the food that goes with these overstories, plus all the associated understory. So um, that's why our, uh, the bears here in New Jersey grow to be such large size. Well, you said they're opportunistic, and I guess they're omnivorous too. Uh, yes, they are. Yep. So the, they'll catch something as they have to, but they, I'm, I'm sure they would rather just find some squirrel that recently dropped dead. But Well, in the spring, uh, what we found is they'll, they'll, they'll catch every fawn they can. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, we've had uh, spots where uh, um, we found bear droppings that were uh, uh, the hoofs of, of uh, fawns were in those bear droppings, oh, and they were really uh, tapping into those. Uh, you know, they go along, they eat bird eggs and uh, uh, out of the bird nests, and uh, of course baby rabbits when they find them in the holes. Uh, but they they do catch fawns, uh, you know, whenever they can. So then we're in the fall, and they're getting fattened up uh, to go into their dens, but they don't really hibernate, do they? No, it's uh, kind of like a state of suspended animation. Um, when they start to prepare, you know, the, the black cherries will come in in August or so, and they'll start eating those, and then uh, uh, black gum and sweet gum, and then the, when the oaks and the hickories and the beech nuts come in, that's the hard mast. And they'll really put on the weight eating that hard mast. And uh, we've, we've weighed bears um, early in that fall and then caught that same bear later in the fall, and, and they can gain up to two pounds a day during that time period. So uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's hyperphagia. They're eating about 20,000 calories a day mm. and uh, really putting on weight and, and uh, putting on the fat reserves to make it through the winter. When they go into dens, they'll start to... Uh, uh, reduce their diet, their metabolism slows down, they, uh, they really stop eating, their stomach shrinks down. Um, they go into this uh, denning period. Uh, during the time they're in a den, they don't eat, drink, urinate, or defecate. And it's different than a true hibernator like your uh, woodchuck or ground squirrel where uh, they go into 10 to 13-day cycles of uh, um, deep hibernation and then come out, and that's why they store food because they'll cache food and then eat that food. Well, bears, once they go into a den and and are, are in that den, they'll stop eating and, and don't eat again until they come out in the spring. Well, when they come out in the spring and people see them and homeowners see them, if you if you come across a bear, well, first of all, if you see a bear in the distance, just enjoy it and take a picture and keep going. Right. <laughs> but if you come up against a bear accidentally, surprisingly, and it's always a big surprise, what do you recommend that people do? Well, uh, one thing you're going to do is if, if that type of uh, event occurs, um, the bear will be startled probably. It will probably uh, woof at you, uh, blow uh, uh, forcibly blow air out of its nose and mouth and it'll woof and if if you're close enough and you've startled it and it's startled you it'll probably smack the ground and with a, a display and that just tells you that that you're too close uh, but in general uh, you know they're gone long before you even know they're there and uh, like uh, people are really worried about females or cubs of the year but uh, you probably walk if you do any hiking 
underneath more Cubs of the Year than you ever realize. Hmm. Because as they're foraging about um, and uh, uh, in the spring, uh, when they when the female hears you coming, uh, she will issue a series of grunts, just like, <laughs> and those cubs know what that is, and they'll climb a tree. And then she'll either climb the tree with them or move off until you until the danger's past you, till that danger's past, and then she'll call them back on, back down, and then she'll move on. So um, these are black bears. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do the same with a grizzly, no, right. uh, and they're only found out west. So with the black bear, they're uh, a non-aggressive player, really, uh, in the eastern seaboard, um, uh, states along the eastern seaboard and eastern Canada where they've had a, uh, a long association with humans and the aggressive ones were really shot out early on and uh, really the non-aggressive ones are the ones that survived very well. Um, they, they really uh, would rather avoid you than, than, than deal with you. But if you try to feed them, then you're running into problems because then they get habituated to you. And then they're going to defend that food or they're going to try to take food from you. So, uh, you know, we, we encourage people not to feed bears at all. We encourage them that, you know, when bears become active to secure their uh, trash and secure their bird feeders and don't make that food available for the bears. Don't let them get comfortable in, in your yard so that you don't have a problem with them trying to secure more food from you. Is, is it legal to feed bears? It is not legal to intentionally feed bears in New Jersey. So, but, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and that took a long did, time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we and uh, the state uh, passed that law um, just so we could reduce this uh, problem with habituated bears and and bears learning that humans are a source of food because we want to take every measure to keep bears wild and uh, and and not to have them tap into human food sources. And what's the penalty if you're caught feeding bears? Uh, the first uh, violation is uh, a written warning, and but uh, if you can, uh, if you persist on feeding bears even after you get a warning, then the fines can go up to a thousand dollars. Well, I th- I think that should really be enforced, and and we should ed- educate people as much as possible because it's it's ridiculous even to feed the deer. I think is right. a terrible a lot of times, idea. Right, a lot of times when you're feeding deer, you're also feeding the bears. Of course. And, uh, and one person feeding could cause a whole problem for the whole neighborhood. And that's why, and that's why we've taken an aggressive stance on, on that. Well, Patrick, it's been great to speak with you uh, about the bears. I'm so interested in them. And when I see them, I think, it's, I think it's a blessing just to come close to something so wonderful and wild and absolutely beautiful, the black bear uh, that we have in New Jersey. And I've seen, I've seen plenty and <laughs> taken some pictures. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, uh, as an agency, you know, we're responsible for uh, managing this bear resource, and so, you know, we're trying to balance the uh, uh, the view that we have bears in the state, we want to keep bears in the state, and we're just trying to keep uh, uh, a balance of the number of bears that we have and the habitat could support and that the people will tolerate. So, uh, you know, we're, we're walking a line that, that says responsible management is the way to go with bears. Well, I think you're doing a wonderful job, and I congratulate you. And thank you again very much for being my guest today on Ken Drew's Real Dirt. All right. Thank you, Ken. Okay, bye. Bye. If you've ever run across a black bear, they are the most beautiful, remarkable, and surprising, gigantic animals to see in the wild or even in your backyard. 
in the northwest corner of New Jersey, it's not so unusual to see black bear. Uh, someone planted an enormous field of sunflowers and was going to harvest them either for oil or for bird seed. And I'm afraid that most of those sunflower seeds got harvested by nature, <laughs> by the black bears. They're omnivores. They will come and take everything and anything and eat anything. And it's really important that people who live in bear country do not leave out cat food for the wild cats and for barn cats. And and even if you have a bird feeder, you may only be able to feed the birds in the winter or have an upside down finch feeder that you can hang from a distant limb on a tree and that might not be taken. We want to live with these beautiful animals. And uh, check out the website, kendrews.com, for more information about the bears and links and how to live with bears and other wildlife. And join me again next week for another interview with a guest on Kendrews Real Dirt, The Garden Show. <laughs>